You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Lorenzo Flores. He is a 20-year veteran in retail leadership. Has rejuvenated, inspired and rebuilt over a dozen teams through his career. With a passion for music, MMA and podcasting, you should check out his podcast, Life of Lozo and Hacking Your Leadership. They're amazing. He understands the importance of connecting your personal vision to the workplace. His passion for leadership led him to write his first book. Congratulations on that. Vision, Clarity, Support, a Leadership Crash Course on the Three Pillars of Success. His book meets all leaders where they stand today and propels them to the next level using the skills and resources they are, they are already within their grasps. Hi, Lorenzo. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and, and love to have dialogue with any other podcasters out there and people that are putting out great leadership content. So I'm very excited to be here. and Thank you for having me. And I am also really excited having you. I'm really gracious for you accepting the invitation. Of course. <laughs> do, you want to add, do you want to add anything else about yourself? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's a, it's a pretty good uh, intro there. You know, I think um, what most people tend to think about when it comes to leadership and, you know, as we were having some dialogue, you know, before we recorded is that, you know, we are all unique individuals that have a, a background and interest in all things, you know, uh, outside of topics like leadership and things like that. So I think that uh, it's important as leaders that we are authentic to ourselves and that we are, you know, we get to show up to be ourselves every day because that's the responsibility that we want to pass forward to other people. That is so true. And I'm really curious about your stories, especially with your background. Oh, so they have to be really, really juicy. <laughs> so let's start. What is the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? Um, I think for me, two, two, two different stories come to mind. Uh, my story where... You know, I was somebody who's always, um, I moved around a lot as a kid, which put me in situations where I was like always the new kid in school, like about every four years or so. Yes. And, and at, at the time as a child, it's no fun, right? Oh, but yeah. as, you grew, as you grow up and get older, you realize the value of meeting different people from different backgrounds with different cultures. And as you become curious about those things, you tend to learn a lot about yourself and you, you tend to be very accepting of others. And so I share that because I never saw myself as a career person in retail, but I had mentors and leaders along the way that saw that I had this, uh, this innate motivation to want to help people. And they, they did a really nice job of tying my want to help people with my responsibility to help customers and my responsibility to help others uh, become better versions of themselves. So like, I, I kind of feel that I owe it to those mentors and leaders in my life that I've listed in my book as people that really helped me with my own success story. Um, I think for, for the other story is around, and I see this um, quite often, but I, okay. I, I see them all the time, is I love to see people um, achieve their personal goals as a result of their hard work at work. And what I mean by that is I see employees that, you know, they, they, everybody has an up and down flow. If I work really hard and I'm really engaged and I'm very focused and then kind of like I need to pull back a little bit, I'm a little bit distracted, maybe I'm frustrated. And so everybody has this roller coaster of a ride. But seeing people with grit and perseverance, you know, maintain their focus and their hard work and then get into jobs and positions that dynamically change their ability to live their lives and to take care of their families, 
that to me is true success. When I see people buy the first car they want to buy, buy their first home, have children, be able to accomplish things in life that are a result of the work that I was able to see them do oh, yes. uh, and help and support them. That to me is the biggest success story. It is. And do you have like, because one of the job of a leader from my point of view is to help align the business goals and the professional goals that the person has with the personal goals that the person has, like mm -hmm. life, the car, the, the vacations, whatever they want to do, the lifestyle they want to enjoy. And would you have some tips on how to, to do that, how to help people uh, achieve their goals all the way? Absolutely. For me, it starts with vision and the why, you know, which is why my, my three pillars, vision, clarity and support, you have to start with the vision. And it's more than just what the company says, this is our vision statement or our mission statement or whatever that is. It's actually exactly what you just said, which is we are here doing a job on behalf of an organization and they pay us to execute these mm -hmm. strategies, whatever that is, whatever that brand is, whatever's going on, they give us you know, a paycheck to go and do the things the company's asking us to do. Now, you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it and say, well, I just get paid to do my job and when I'm done with doing the thing the company asked me to do, I then clock out and I go home, whether that's actually physically or mentally. Nothing. Or you look at that and say, this is the opportunity that I have with this organization to not only achieve the goals of the organization, but what can I learn? How am I growing? How am I getting more effective, more efficient every day that I come to work? And then how am I applying that to help others get better at their job? Because as you do that, your opportunities start to come to, to fruition, your compensation tends to get higher, and now you start to understand that as I get better at my job, I now typically get opportunities where now I can get better at you know, having compensation and, and financial freedom and doing things where now I can achieve my personal goals. And so as a leader, it's so important that you have the time to talk to people about what are you trying to achieve? You know, I, I love to ask people, where do you see yourself in five years? And it's not like just with the company, because that's a lot of times what people yes. think that they want to hear. It's like, well, I want to do this job, then that job, then I want to do this job. And I always say, what about personally? Like five years from today, what are the things that you've done in your personal life where you look back on it and you're proud to have accomplished those things? And when we have that dialogue, I now understand what their motivators are. I now can say like, okay, so, so, so the reason why you want to work hard and get that next job is because that opens up another opportunity for you to achieve one of your personal goals. And then we celebrate those things as we go along. So as a leader, it's so imperative that you have those conversations with people to understand what they're looking to achieve personally, because then that can align with what they're trying to achieve professionally and you can work together to achieve those things. Yeah, and that's so important, Lorenzo, having that conversation and not talking just business. That, that's something, uh, you know, you have to be professional and everything, but if you build a team, from my point of view, it becomes like a sort of family there and you have to know exactly what they want to achieve, what kind of lifestyle and see if the company can help them and how you can put some resources that the company has at their disposal so they grow in that direction and they see results. If not, they're going to be not happy working there. <laughs> exactly. Or, or they, just, they just show up as, as you know, 50% of their potential. They, they don't show up and give their all and, and show up, you know, with all of their, their motivations and the driving forces. They just show up and do the job itself. And, and, you know, for some jobs, that's okay. For most companies, they want their people to show up and do their best. Yes. And you said like when you started out, you had like great mentors, great leaders that were part of your team and said, 
they saw in you your desire to want to help other people and they nurtured it and they aligned it with uh, the business goals and to achieve the targets of the business. Um, would you have like some tips or insights on how to to be able to spot like in people like see like traits that can be useful and help them grow, strengthen their strengths? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, curiosity is the first one that I look for. The people that ask more questions, the people that are like, well, they, they ask why. Why do we do that? I don't understand. Like, they're very curious. Um, and some people would see that as an annoyance. Like, why do you ask so many questions? Well, no, actually, you want people that way because that means that they're not just contemplating the direction that you're giving them. They're trying to understand how that plays into the bigger picture. So when you have people with curiosity, that's one of the first things that I see that I want to talk to them about more to better understand um, because that, that's a, a huge thing that, that the people that are quiet, they just show up every day, they do their job, they don't ask questions, they go home. You, how would you expect to get more out of them and really help them uh, to become you know, a better version of themselves? You, you, so, so curiosity for me is number one. Number two, I think grit and perseverance. People that want to not just do the job well, but want to get it done ahead of time, want to do it better than most, are very self-critical in, in what they turn in and how they do the work and are always looking to get better. So like that type of, um, I just, if it, if it took me the first couple of weeks to get, you know, the, this job done in, you know, eight hours a day, well, now they got the job done in, in seven hours a day. Now they're getting the work done in six hours a day. And like those people that are asking for more work or saying like, well, this is actually like, I kind of got a system here. I can work through this. That's another thing that I like to see is, is people that, that, that work through it and work through, through hurdles and they don't, um, they don't complain at every corner. They just figure out a way to make it, to get it done uh, and to get it done more efficiently and effectively. And then I think, you know, um, just empathy, human kindness is the third thing that I look for. People that go out of their way to help others, people that, you know, become the person in the office, in the location, in the store, you know, that, that are the ones that people can go to when they have a concern or they have a question or they need somebody to talk to them about okay. life or things like that. That element of empathy and just human nurture, I think is so critical um, to people in, in the innate values that they have. That's something that you can work with as a leader. Yeah, for sure. But I have a tough question for you now, Lorenzo, because it's easy to work. It's easy, way easier to work and lead like go-getters, as you describe them. But what can you do to inspire the other people that are more quiet? They're, they're not, not really go-getters, let's say. How do you turn them to become like go-getters if you're their leader and you want to inspire that attitude in them? Get to know them. That's, that's step number one. You have to know your people. If, if, if It's just human connection 101. If you and I work together, but I don't know what you're into, I don't know, you know that these are your motivations, I don't know that you have these hobbies that you enjoy, I don't know about your family, I don't know, like if I don't know these things about you, it gives you very little reason to want to do more. It gives you very little reason to connect with me and want to, 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 to push yourself and to show up differently. So like if, if you don't know your people uh, and it's not genuine and it's not authentic, then you will never get them to the space where they will work harder. You can try to go and, and raise the bar and hold people accountable and tell people I need more. The, the rest of the team is better than you. They're faster than you. But like at the end of the day, you may get a little bit of, of, of an increase in, in product productivity because they're fearful of their job or, you know, like these types of things. But we all know that that, 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 that doesn't last very long and people yes. will either more or less, they will disengage or they will leave. 
Um, so like you have to do that first. Now, some people in life, it, it's, it's, you know, some people in life don't have the intrinsic motivation. Some people in life are settled in their, you know, their current state. Um, they, they don't have a reason to go out and push more. It's sad and you don't want that, but you have to also accept the fact that even if you get to know people and you understand them, and, and, and you yes. help them and you give them attention, sometimes they won't take that and push hard very quickly. Um, my belief is that over time, they will either start to make the move in a positive direction um, or they will realize that you are putting as much into them and they just don't have it for that business or for that company or for that job. And yes. they will find themselves going somewhere else because they don't want the attention to begin with. Yeah. And, and that's something you, you you get like to sift through the employees and they might find like a, the next job, it might be better for them, a better fit and they'll be happier in it. So it, it's a tough, tough thing you have to do as a leader, but sometimes you have to want to realize that it's not for all people, the current situation, the current uh, company, and maybe it would be better for some of them to move to another company, uh, uh, another opportunity and have the tough discussion with them and help them get the, a better opportunity that jives with them. It's also something that it's a way to show that you care not just about them, but about, but about the whole team in my, my view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, if you've got people on your team that are either negative or, or not motivated or just complacent in what they're doing, it's hard to motivate others because they look at that person all the time. And they're like, why am yes. I working so hard when they're not? You know, and we talk a lot about that is that, that, that that's a shared responsibility of the leaders and the individual. If, if you're an individual and you're in a space or an environment that, that you don't like or it's not motivating to you or you feel it's not, it's not a good for your growth, then you need to leave, right? Because that, that you're not going to achieve anything. You're not going to go any further. You have to remove yourself. And as a leader, you have the responsibility to, to, to get meet, you know, to go and meet those people and get to know them and provide them with consistency and provide, you know, provide them with an opportunity to get better. And then if they don't, you have the responsibility to remove them from the business. If you're looking to build a culture where people want to, you know, uh, work harder, work together and, and, and exceed expectations and goals. Yes. And Lorenzo, since we talked about curiosity, I'm really curious about what is the biggest leadership failure you had the, the unfortunate experience of witnessing? Yes. Um, I, I would I would call up my own. <laughs> I, okay, I, good. I, I, yeah, I've, I've shared the story a few times, but it's it's true. And and you know, and, and there's people that I've spoken with that that uh, were on this team and and actually never knew that this this actually happened, which is which is interesting okay. at the same time. But as a young leader, I always believe that measuring people's you know improvements, uh, even if it's little. Uh, was the right thing to do. It was empowering. It was good. It was like it was operating under the assumption that everybody wanted to work really hard and everybody wanted to bring their best to work. Like that's just how I saw the world. So that's also how I saw my business and so how I saw people's development. And it took a it took another leader of mine to pull me aside and talk to me about that and say like, I see that you care a lot about this team. I see that you spend a lot of time recognizing their improvements in the goals that they're trying to achieve. But the reality is, as a team, you're not meeting the minimum expectation. So you're spending a oh. lot of time as a leader 
recognizing this work and recognizing this improvement, but the result, even as it's improving, is still below what the expectation, what the goal is. So, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. What, that, that means that your people really appreciate you and they like you, but you're not actually helping them to get better. You're not challenging them to get better. And as a leader of the business, you're not saying this is the minimum expectation. And I will only celebrate once we've achieved that and then the growth on top of that. So for me, it was a failure of leadership. I was allowing people to, to do you know, less, than ex, less than exceptional work uh, below what the goals were. And as a leader, I was celebrating those things because I only saw the small improvements, not recognizing that the totality of the result was nowhere near where it should be. Um, and I had to do a lot of self-reflection and I had to think about how I wanted to talk to my team and how did that still want to be the person and the leader that I was while also increasing the level of accountability. Um, fortunately for myself, I figured that out and I worked with the team oh. and, and I approached it differently. Um, and I was very clear about expectations and very clear about how I'd follow up with them. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, there was a, a time there where I failed them as a leader for many months. Okay. And was it due to being like too nice, trying to be like a nice and liked leader, basically? Yeah, yeah it, it, was, um, it was my own self-definition of thinking that leadership was always about the positivity and about the recognition, right? Like, like in understanding that recognition is not just about achieving things. Recognition is also recognizing bad behaviors or recognizing not beating goals. And I just thought that, that if I just continued to give them the positivity and the recognition that at some points in the future, they would actually perform to the level of the goal. And so I was not having conversations with the team around saying, look, I think that we can do this and I believe in all of you, but the reality is that our performance is unacceptable. I wasn't having conversations like that. I wasn't Not showing them the goals tough. and saying, this is what's expected and this is where we are. I wasn't doing that. And so for me, it was just understanding the, the, the larger picture of leadership and understanding where my shortcomings of how I viewed it was having a negative impact on my team. Uh, and I love from your story how your mentors and higher ups helped you through it and taught you say like you need to also have the tough conversations and build a little thicker skin mm -hmm. uh, so you actually help your team it's not about only being going on the other side being only negative because that's not good also exactly <laughs> you need to find like the sweet spot between um, being nice and caring and uh, empathetic with your uh, with your team and also being tough and being a tough and loving parent basically <laughs> with them absolutely absolutely and lorenzo based on all your experience and all your interviews that you did and all your talks on uh, about leadership and also the book what is your leadership philosophy uh for me it's my three pillars of the book vision clarity and support right i i would self-define myself uh as a kind of a servant leader i believe in that i believe in the empowerment of people i believe in um, giving them enough space where they can take calculated risks with their you know with their strategies um, i believe in allowing people to be their unique selves and figuring out as a leader how do you refine those things they they bring with them to help them to drive the results they're responsible for, which will then open up their career. Uh, but I believe it's just, you know, as a leader, those are the three things that I focus more on. Number one, do people understand why, the vision? Do they know what's in it for the company? Do they know what's in it for them? And, and as we talked about earlier, are they, are they able to connect those dots uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, number two, it's clarity. Is it really clear what's expected of your people? And is it clear what they should expect from you? 
Many time leaders are really good about saying, this is what I expect. They don't say, this is the lesson yes. that I learned in my failure. Here's what you should expect from me as a leader. Here's how oh. I'm going to engage with you. Here's how I'm going to follow up. And here's what this looks like in regards to how I will give you recognition and how I'll also have conversations with you about performance if it's not acceptable. And then the third thing is around support. Um, and I say support not in the idea of I'm going to support my people. It's really easy to say, what do you need from me? I'm here for you. The real element of support is recognizing how and where people actually need it and then showing up for them in that way. Sometimes as a leader, what somebody needs is not the support that I want to give. I'd rather say, let's sit yes. down and talk about why you're not achieving a goal. But what that actually person needs is they need to be out there with them doing their job, watching, and then in real time, helping them get better at it and then providing them what good looks like versus just the conversation of, I gave them support by asking what they needed versus I gave them support because what they really needed was somebody out there with them, helping them get better at their job. So for me, that's why those are my pillars. Um, and that's why they kind of define my approach to leadership. Uh, and I really love the fact that you emphasize the importance of, of having the conversation about describing the professional relationship you're going to have with each, each team member and how it's going to work. Uh, what you expect from them and, and also the reverse, because this is the part of the conversation that's missed in many talks like this, like what they should expect from you and how uh, to work with you and make it easier for them. Because it's too late if something happens and then what, you, you had to send this email or you had to tell me about this. If they don't know about that, they should have done it. It's, it's too late already. <laughs> and it's your, it's your mistake. It's not somebody else's. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you cannot complain about people that don't do stuff that you didn't tell them to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's what I see the most uh, from a failure of leadership is that that we're not either either we're we're not clear in the expectation or we we make a lot of assumptions about our clarity. When I say to you, hey, I need you to go in and 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 remerchandise this thing over here and make it look good, right? There's a lot of assumption in that. Um, versus, hey, let me show you what this looks like. Let me give you some examples. Here's what I'm looking for. Can you make this look like that in this space, but also give your own little flair to it, right? It, because otherwise a person goes and they do that thing, and then you come back and say like, oh, that's not what I had in mind. And they're like, yeah, well, then why true. didn't you tell me that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> because we make a lot of those assumptions as leaders, and that's where we need to slow down and be really clear about the direction that we give and, 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 and how people are expected to do it if we want to define that as well. Yeah, and talking about assumptions, it's something I'm coming from the software field and something that's really common is like people come with requirements, but they didn't do the, they didn't put in the effort to think through it all and what they want and how it should look. They don't want to do the effort and basically the leaders, they offload all the work on other people that have to do the job and then they're not satisfied with the results and say it doesn't match what I have in my mind but they didn't take the time to actually think about like what do I want how it should look you have to do the the mental effort don't don't unload that part of the job on somebody else in your team and then complain that it's not what you wanted yeah absolutely a part of leadership is preparation um, yes. and thinking about what you're looking for. And then also making sure that people understand, don't just take the first, I got it, I'll make it happen. You know, uh, a lot of times a trick that leaders can use that's very helpful for both the leader and the person is asking them to repeat it back. Say, okay, so so walk me through again, like how are you thinking about approaching this? Like, like, like what do you think the outcome is that we're looking for? 
What are the things that, you know, why is this important to the bigger picture? Or why do you think this is supposed to function this way? Again, like starting in the vision place is super helpful yes. because if somebody repeats exactly what you're looking for and they get all of it, then you can say, fantastic, go ahead and go. If they stumble through it or they're unsure, you can say, let's visit that again. Because I just want to make sure that you don't have to do the work twice. And people really appreciate and respect that over time. Yeah. And if your manager doesn't do it, I highly recommend you take the leadership role and ask those questions and clarify the vision and what he wants to do. And if the person cannot specify exactly what's the end goal and how it should look and what are the steps and everything, tell them, look, look let's have another meeting, think about it. When you have clear specifications, come back to me. That way I'm sure to deliver what you want, <laughs> not yeah. what I think you want. Absolutely. I literally, I had somebody who called me about two weeks ago and, and have not, they have not worked with me for probably almost four years now and, okay. uh, but still had my number and they reached out to me and they said, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. This is the company that I work for. Here's an issue that I'm having. And I know from, from a leader in my life at some point, you always gave really good advice. And they also said like, you kind of spoiled me because you led in uh -huh. such this way that now that I have this other leader, like they're not like you. And that's my definition of what I think is great leadership. So I'm struggling right now. And it's exactly kind of what you just brought up, which is they kept turning in work and the person's kept on saying yes. like, well, this isn't good enough. This is not what we're looking for. And, and the person was like, but they, they're not telling me what they want. And so like I'm yes. stuck in this place now where I think they don't like me. And I think <laughs> that like I can't ever do what they're asking me for. And they said, what's your advice? And I said, you know what? You need to talk to that leader and say, hey, I want you to know first and foremost, I want to do a good job. I want to turn in projects that you yeah. are really proud of and that you think are fantastic. And clearly, I'm not doing that right now because every time I turn something into you, it, it has a problem. I need your help, right? Like, please tell me exactly what you're looking for and let me know what you think I should be doing differently to make sure that it's exactly what you want because I want to be successful and I want you to be successful. And that person approached that leader two days later and they said, "This is." I told them exactly what you said I should tell them. And they were like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize oh. that I was coming across to you that way. I actually think you do really, really good work. Uh, but obviously, like, my direction, my directiveness is, is, is not what you think it is. And so they had a conversation. And now they have a, a great relationship. And they've crossed that bridge now. And now when that person gets his work, they say, hey, this is all really great here. Here's a couple small things that I think you should adjust. And here's why I think you should adjust them. And now they nice. do that. And now their relationship, even after one conversation, is much better. And that person is much happier at work. And they don't feel like this person's out to get them anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, if you're a professional, that's your job to have the conversation. And if you see somebody should be having a conversation and they're not thinking about having it, you propose it and have the conversation. Take the leadership. It's, being a leader is not about the title. It's about you as a person and everybody can be a leader <laughs> in any position they are. And so, <clears throat> especially after this uh, powerful story, uh, I'm really curious, like for aspiring leaders, what would be your top three leadership tips you would have for them? You know, um, remember that being a leader means that you have to be a good follower. And, and the, oh, for, the yes. first person you should follow is the person in the mirror. And what I mean by that, <sighs> is live what you preach. If you say that you are a servant leader and you want to be a servant leader, then go serve your people. If you say that you want to be a role model for how people do the, do the work, then go actually do the work. 
If you say that you want to be accessible to your people and you want to be you know, the voice of them and you want to hear from them, then listen to them and repeat what they say and be that voice. You know, a lot of times young leaders get caught up in the idea of leadership and they get caught up in reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of podcasts and, and saying, this is who I am. And, 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 and that's actually who you aspire to be. That's not actually who you are yet, right? And it's okay to aspire to be that leader, but every day you actually have to put into practice through the behaviors that you show up as that leader. And so like that, that's always my advice for young leaders is like, can you look in the mirror and say to yourself in the mirror, I am an empowering leader who believes in my people and supports them. Because if you can look in your eye and say that, then you probably have examples of how you're doing those things. If you say that in the mirror and it's hollow and it's just words and you know it because you're looking at yourself, then you clearly have work to do. But, but be your own first follower and make sure that you're holding yourself accountable to the actual behaviors you have every single day and not just the words that you say. Oh, yeah. That's a powerful part. If and ask, just asking yourself the question, would I follow myself if I was my, <laughs> my manager? Absolutely. It's a tough question. Um, and do you have two, two additional tips besides that? Um, you know, I, I think um, I would say listen. Listen, 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 right? Great leaders understand what their teams need by just listening, you know, be the last voice in the room, um, ask yes. questions and, and then just be, you know, just, just listen to what they say and write those things down. Um, and then the third thing is get in the practice of writing down the things that are important to people. So we talked earlier about getting to know your people, knowing what motivates them, knowing who's in their lives, knowing the, the goals they're trying to accomplish. If, if you're having that conversation with somebody and you're writing those things down in a book of some sort, that really adds to the understanding of how important you take that relationship and how important it is to you that you're documenting what people say. Um, th that's yes. something that I had to get back into. You know, I'm very comfortable with technology. I use a lot of technology, but I walk around now and in my backpack, I have uh, you know, a leather bound book with a pen and I write down my notes and I write down those conversations because then when I talk to that person again, maybe in a few weeks or a few months, I will reference those notes and pull them up and say, hey, you said you were trying to accomplish this. You know, you were talking about wanting to maintain this. This is what your focus was. Is that still the focus? And is this something that you're still achieving? Oh, yes. and, and that way you, you have the seriousness of your behavior following the actions of how you want to support people. And that's a great tip because it's hard to do it because I, I did it and to my shame, I didn't do it like with, with all, the, all the people <laughs> that I was working with, but with the majority of them because it's hard to take notes and everything. And, and I found like it was like more empowering for, uh, for each team member to actually do it, like write the notes and ask them like, look, it's okay if I take some notes so I remember everything. And they said, yeah, and they, they started going even deeper in the discussion. It wasn't superficial anymore. It wasn't like, let, let, let's just get it over with and because I have work to do. They really started opening up and telling exactly what they wanted, what they want to achieve, what were the problems, the stumbling blocks. So it actually makes for better conversations if you take out a piece of paper and a pen and start writing down stuff. Absolutely. And if they see you follow up on the stuff you discussed, then, then it's really, really powerful.
Yeah, yeah. The the element of follow up is so critical because it expresses in a behavior your your true commitment to making sure that they are getting what they need from you as a leader and that they're developing down their path. Oh yes. And since we're talking about writing, let's also discuss a little reading. What is the book that had the most profound impact on you? Um, man, uh, for for different ways. I think from a leadership standpoint. Um, leaders eat last, um, you know, Simon Sinek, um, was probably the one that, that helped me to better understand that idea of, uh, not just the idea of servant leadership, but what are the behaviors behind servant leadership? Um, and that, that for me really solidified a lot of my feelings and thoughts in regards into the leadership space. Um, I would also say like, Man, there's, there's so many good books around oh, leadership yes. theory and space. Well, it doesn't have just it doesn't have to yeah. be just leadership. It has to be a book that really had a profound impact and changed Absolutely. your life, your your point of view on uh, on your life and how you want what you want to do to achieve. Yeah, I, you know, I would also say um, like I've got uh, <laughs> I got graphic novels yeah. right here. You know, Watchmen um is you know graphic novels and things like that i grew up on comic books and stuff and so what what i believe that those did as a young child was they opened up my mind to creativity and they opened up my mind to understanding the concepts of of stories and 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 you know good and, and evil and also understanding that people are are dynamic there's facets to people and individuals and that you know while you can have certain feelings in this way you can also have different feelings in that way and that it's not just people are good and people are bad we all have these things within us that we have yes. to continually think about and making sure that we show up in the world in the way that we want to so i know it's not a leadership book but as you were saying that i was like mm. you know as a young kid those things actually opened up my mind in a lot of different ways when I look back on them uh, to help me understand um, the dynamics of people and why it's so important that you treat people with kindness and why it's so important that you realize that people have a lot of different experiences and backgrounds that you may not be you know, either familiar with and or comfortable with. Yeah. And you know, Lorenzo, um, <clears throat> I heard like, I don't know, I don't remember where I got this idea, but it really stuck with me and I thought about it. Like the characters you liked in the comics or in the cartoons when you were little, in a way your life is emulating them in some parts and you're trying, you, you have the same patterns in a way you, you pick them up because you like them so much or and you usually like them because you identify with the character a little. And then I had like, I really loved um, Son Goku and the Dragon Ball saga and everything. And I thought about it, like everything I did in my life, it was like Son Goku in a way. A lot of work and then winning by a slim margin. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love but that. It's, then, a, it's a great call out. It's great. Yeah. And after, but after you achieve the next level, it becomes really easy to do it and keep doing it. But the, man, the work, it's not, it's not pleasure. It's not fun to do it. And I worked on it to make it more easy on myself. It's also some, as you were talking about, looking in a mirror and analyzing yourself and improving and growing. You should look like for patterns that you follow in life and challenge them and see maybe, like maybe I can make my life easier by changing a little my, some of my assumptions. 
Absolutely. And there's a lot of people out there that that have achieved or accomplished or do the things that, that we want to do. And the nice thing about the internet and all of the data that's out there is you have a chance to follow their story and get their perspectives and understand the choices that they make and why they made those choices. And so I, I always look to that as well as making sure that you've got people around you that are not only rooting for you and your success, uh, but but challenge you and push you and provide you with new yes. perspectives and thoughts that make you look at things a little bit differently all the time. That is so powerful. And on that note, where can people go and find out more about you and get your inspiration and get you in their lives? Absolutely. No, thank you. Hackingyourleadership.com. Uh, is the website that has not only the podcast, the information on the book, but also all of the links to our social media, my link on LinkedIn and all that type of thing as well. So yeah, just check out hackingyourleadership.com um, or Hacking Your Leadership on any podcasting platform. Uh, we, are all on, we are on all of them all over the world. So uh, that's the best place to go and check out what we're talking about and, uh, and listen to some of our content. And for your book, probably Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Amazon, um, the Apple Bookstore, uh, barnesandnoble.com, indigo.com. Yeah, they're, they're uh, as well online everywhere. That's great. I'll put links to your website and the book uh, on the show notes. It has been a true pleasure having you on the show, Lorenzo. I've learned a lot. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure as well. And thank you. Like I said, I think, you know, something we always want to do at Hacking Your Leadership is continue to support other people talking about leadership. And uh, we know that's a responsibility of ours as we've had a lot of people that when we started our podcast or our show uh, that came on and gave us content and gave us articles and things to talk about. So it's always a pleasure and honor to help pay it forward and, and talk about leadership with people you know, that are all looking to do the same great work, which is help people become a better version of themselves and help leaders become better leaders for all the people that they serve. So thank you. Oh, that's so gracious of you. Amazing. Okay, Lorenzo. Bye-bye. Bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.